if you hear me, say I hear you. I hear you. Yo, kings and queens. Welcome to a brand new episode on Waiting Monday TV. And I remain your humble host, Investor John. The title of this episode is The Origin of Waiting Man the Sea. Now we've been on this podcast for some time and I feel the ninth episode provides us with the best opportunity Tell you what we all about. You know, we are building a community around Waiting Monday Tea, and so our kings and queens ought to know the essence of Waiting Monday Tea. And in symbolism with the number nine, we will deal extensively this so during my last episode I introduced to you the moment waiting man the sea was established and the waiting man the sea was established out of crisis. You know, after my first business crisis at Mysterious Corporate Center, and also due to my dad's critical health condition at the time, I was denied the opportunity to live. You know, taking some time out to ease off the pain which arose from my business crisis. You know, there's this normal concept of grieving after a huge loss. It is experienced when we love when we lose our loved one. In this part of the country, most people take up to six months in grieving the demise of their loved ones. And it also applies to business. As unfortunate as it may sound, most people can't just help it. Because, you know, these losses, this crisis comes with a very severe emotional state. One that no one else can help you deal with yourself. Take the case of a woman who lost her husband. No matter all the condolences, all the empathy shown to her, nothing can bring her out of that state of griefing but herself. And for most people, they remain in griefing 
all through the rest of their life without even realizing it. And it applies also to men. And I'm talking about the widows and the widowers. You see them unconsciously grieving down to the very end of what's left of their lives. You know? At some point, they grow hostile. Because of the tremendous trauma that has been created on them as a result of the demise of their loved one, they keep on reminiscing on the so many good memories they shared with such persons. They keep on living in that world which exists only in their hearts and in the hearts of their loved ones. Has now been demised. And in most cases, they are no longer open to loving anyone else, or even in the course of their daily activities, the relationships they have to establish with people, you find out they don't really give up themselves completely. Again, there's this portion of their self. That is reserved, this portion of their cells that they hold back, which is only being filled by their loved ones. And this goes on throughout their lifetime, and you see them exhibiting habits they weren't known for before the demise of their loved ones, which they only adopted after the demise of their loved one as kind of a defense mechanism you know oh damn I lost this person just like I lost the whole world I lost a part of me that I cannot get back and you always see them using that to defend most of their actions yeah not my fault I lost my mom it's not my fault I lost my wife I lost my husband you see to most people grieving is a very important part of their life if they don't grieve the demise of their loved one. It is as if they had never loved that person. That is the normal societal belief. There must be a period of grieving, though some try to keep it minimal. Whereas others just can't give up the grieving process. Now, I by no means do I imply that it is not important to remember that which you have lost, to remember your loved one whom you lost. No. But the way I see it, everything is motion 
everything changes changes from one form to the other if you take a sheet of paper for example Let me go back to the basics, to the very beginning. You plant a seed. It germinates into a tree. It's no longer that seed. It's now a tree. It doesn't mean that the seed is there. The seed only transformed to the form of a tree. But it's still the same seed. Now that tree grows up thick and solid. You cut the back of the tree, and by one form or the other, you process it into paper. I'm sure most of you know that sheets of paper are being produced from the back of trees. So you cut this back of tree to produce a paper. Now that part of tree is not there. It has only been transformed by some means into a new form, the form of a paper serving another purpose. So to the eyes of the onlookers, it may seem as if okay, I just came and I met this tree here. Yeah. Okay, this tree is what it is. This other person came and met the paper. The paper is what it is. But in the eyes of the original person behind all this process, that is, if there is one person who planted that seed which germinated into a tree and then still went on to cut the back of that tree and process it into a paper. He knows that that paper is the seed or rather was the seed and it still is, you know? So that's my point. What may seem dead may not be really dead. At some point in my life, I was able to change my concept, my view on the concept of death. Just like death, I saw death as a transformation. You know, it's a continuous circle, it keeps going, changing from one thing to another. And in between um, birth and death, you know, our conscious life. Transformation is constantly manifested. You know, transforming from the baby into the little boy. In my own case, the stubborn little boy, we know they have something. <laughs> then transforming further into a young man 
beard starting to grow beards, feeling like a fine boy or so, and then transforming into a man. Fed up with all those facial beauties and all that. It's now all about evolving yourself through the experiences you encounter. You know? That's also another transformation. And then also transforming to an old man who can do shit no more by himself, who can climb the trees as he used to back then when he was small doing that just for fun you know so life keeps transforming from stage to stage so if you understand all these things it is logical for you to also understand that what is referred to as death it's only by transformation into another stage. So, the concept of griefing what really holds so many people back in that it's kind of a beautiful state you know when you're griefing everybody seems to mm, take it lightly take it lightly with you you know in their dealings with you they'll be very lenient and also they also tend to sympathize with you show you one or two assistants just because you're grieving so so many people like that state that beautiful state when uh, everybody they are just okay okay that because they did or okay my just go for a little pay oh I got this guy house now I go cry cry to tomorrow just so sympathetic with them, you know. Nah, but my girls go do our job. May not be like that. No, go go come. Chee, just to allow chee, yeah, chee, yeah. Eh. And most people like all those, eh, yeah. <laughs> oh come on, why should you pity me? Eh? <laughs> me, I don't want you to pity me for anything. What are you pitying me for now? So this was exactly what happened to me during the time of my first business crisis. This period of a yeah a yeah, it wasn't there for me, you know, because I had something worse than that. My dad's critical health condition. At some point. I even forgot on that I was going through business crisis. Yeah, that uh, I'm about losing my my first setup of mysterious cocktails like that, or rather, I lost it already. Uh, I'd forgotten about that entirely because I was dealing with my dad's crisis. You know, 
I had to. This one was not. Uh, you should do this now. Uh-uh. I had to. That was the only thing I had to do at the time. So most people don't even know I went through all that. Most people never knew I lost my first setup of mysterious computer center. Because I didn't have time to play. And that turned out to be a very good thing for me, you know. I was just pushing like okay, it was a normal day, always looking for more opportunities, looking for more opportunities, you know. Constantly dealing with the reality of my situation. At the time, what I was seeing was okay, mysterious coffee center, no work this aspect. Okay, let me try and see if I can create it into something else, something much more powerful as a result of the experiences that gotten and the lessons I learned from my first operation. I wasn't seeing it as till I've lost my business to see the kind of money where I don't lose. Oh my god, Jay, let the world see me. I'll put it and people start to pick at my brother to start. So it will be even then protectors they lose their first business. No, no, no matter, just take a turn, just keep going. Before you go low, you go. <laughs> Sorry, forgive me. <laughs> well, I swear, uh, you see, grief is, uh, uh, grief is one, one victimization state that people really love to play, you know? We had some seemingly benefits to those who assume the role of the victims. So as I couldn't grieve, the only thing I could do was to join forth and with all the pain suppressed in me. Of course I felt pain that I lost money. Who likes losing money? Damn. You know how much I lost? But then in the end, money is just a tool. After all, I didn't have that much money before I started. I started it out of an idea. And in this case, it wasn't entirely my idea, like I said. Ego instilled that idea in me and I went on to create something out of it. So you see. Yeah, I felt the pain, I lost money, okay. But this was when I realized the power of pain. Now most people teach you against pain. Most, as a matter of fact now, 
everybody is just trying to avoid pain. Nobody wants to encounter pain. Everybody wants it all fresh and sweet and lollipopping, you know? You just want to ball to you for, you want to ball to the rest of your life and all that. You want everything to be rosy. <laughs> My brother, we call fool. <laughs> Even if it, it was like that, even if the journey was so smooth somewhere else, it's definitely not in Nigeria. <laughs> but just to bust the bubbles, there's no place devoid of pain. Uh-huh. So understanding the power of pain is to understand that power originates sorry is to understand that passion originates from pain every success achieved through passion originates from pain in other words pain is the driving factor Look out there, look out your window, when you walk in the street, when you drive through, just look around you. Every improvement in society originates out of pain. And that pain transformed into passion which eventually leads to that improvement which eventually leads to success in summary to become successful you have to become passionate with pain you have to make your pain so passionate enough to achieve success, you have to love pain. You see why I love workouts? I remember when I ever started working out way back in school, around my 200 level back then in school, I think. During our gym sessions, our trainer will always be shouting, Who say make you stop? We have to respond, Nobody. Who say make you stop? Nobody. Who say make you stop? Nobody. No pain, no gain. That's how you keep doing it. And every person who works out, holds in high esteem the concept of no pain, no gain. There is no gain that can be made without pain. That is why you find out that most of the successful people out there are very disciplined with workouts. They are very intense with workouts. Look around you. Rarely will you find very very successful man that doesn't work out 
a very very successful man with a very big pot belly <laughs> respect to all who has pot belly i'm not saying you're not successful but your workout comes in various forms there is a workout there is a physical workout as we know it through various programs and there is also the mental workout to work it out upstairs that one is way more intense than what the physical workout presents you know And then there is the spiritual workout, which leads to the higher self. So take push-ups, for example. You incorporate, let's say for starters, 40 push-ups. Oh, okay, no, 40 might be too much. Let's say you incorporate 20 push-ups every day of your life. Just 20. You know, I've been doing several kinds of workouts, routines, but on some days I wake up, I feel so, so heavy from the workouts of the previous days, and I'll be like, oh, oh, I need to rest today, I don't need to do anything, let me just give my body a break. And I'll declare it rest for myself. Sometimes in a week it might be one, some other weeks it might get to three. <laughs> but it looks if I would that. <laughs> but then I discovered a very effective technique that I employed and has been working perfectly for me. I narrowed everything down. I don't do intense routines no more. I just do very light routines. Take for example push-ups. I do 40 push-ups every day. Just 40. I didn't say I would do 40 into how many sets or do this or do that or do squat, do jumping jacks, do crunching mm-hmm. Just 40 every day. This way I know that. As a matter of fact, it has become part of my ritual. When I wake up in the morning, at some point during the execution of my rituals, I do my 40 push-ups every day, Sunday to Saturday. No days off. Even when I'm tired, even when I'm not tired, come on, I'll say to myself, it's just 40, let me just do it. Even the days I'm feeling the greatest strength, yes, I can do like 100 or 200, I'll still keep it to 40. Every day 40. And that has built a very severe consistency in me. Whatever I have to do now that I incorporate into my day, I don't want to know whether it's hard or it's not hard. The only thing I see is the completion of that that task. Just like my push-ups. I only see the end of number 40. 
I don't want to know what is before you. I'll just start. Once I do the first push-up, I picture faults in my mind and I keep going, keep going, keep going. Whether I feel pain or I don't feel pain, I just keep going. Till it's 40 and I've stopped. I don't go further. I don't stop before. 40 is 40. And that level of discipline and consistency <laughs> it's done something else for me. Especially as I didn't have time to breathe. All the pain. All the mental pain, financial pain, physical pain I, I experienced from that crisis. I suppressed it in me. There was no time to breathe. Share it with people, let people come and sympathize with me. This, this, hey, yeah, no, I just suppressed it in me, one corner of my being. Step here, go down there. Then I kept on pumping it every day. The pain kept pouncing, pouncing. Through the concept of no pain, no gain, no pain, no gain, no pain, no gain, no gain. And I began seeing gain, gain at the end of it, irrespective of whatever pain I was feeling. I was just seeing gain, 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 gain. That's how I kept working. 40 gains every day, 40 gains. Rather than seeing 40 gains every day, I did 40 gains every day, 40 gains every day. Moving on with that mentality, whatever I encounter that I have to execute, I see the end of that execution. Anything at all. I see the end of the execution. Just like that. And I found that every night I sleep, I tell you this from the sincerity of my heart. I don't have trouble sleeping. I always have this sense of satisfaction in me that I've given my best. Each day I do my best. Whatever I do, I do with intensity. If I'm reading, I read with intensity. The same intensity I would use to do business. That's the same intensity I would use to read. If I decide, okay, I need to watch a movie, I watch that movie with the same intensity I use in doing business. I don't just watch the movie. Leisurely, just to laugh. No, watching it with such intensity, I really see it from the creator's viewpoint. If I read a book, I see it from the author's viewpoint, and that's a very powerful side to behold. You'll get used to pain. Enjoy your pain. Wear your pain on your sleeves and walk it all out. You're gonna grow for it. You come out of that pain stronger than you would have if you had spent all your time thinking about the pain. However, Waiting man they see didn't start today. Neither did it start after 
this business crisis. I can tell you that for sure. We've been on the education journey way back in 2008. Sorry, 2018. Writing manuscripts of books, poetry, and poems. I've completed my first book. Working from poverty into greatness, but I haven't published yet. That's why it's called a manuscript. I believe in growth. I believe in patience. I believe in stages. I know there are stages to things, not just believe now. I know that there are stages to everything. Follow the evolution of the child. Find out that the child comes out before he learns how to draw. From there, tries to walk. Then also tries to run. The child no go just come out from the nest to fly. So in 2018, I had set a five-year-long-term goal for myself. I started working on it, working on it. I spent two years writing that book within my weekend. <laughs> Sorry, I spent two years writing book walking from poverty into greatness. But I decided not to publish it at that time. Now, neither have I decided to publish it at this time. Because I I want to test the solidity of the principles of that book. I don't just want to dish it out into the public with hope, maybe and all that, you know. I want to be certain that what I'm dishing out or what I will dish out to the public is something concrete, is something transformative something that can bring about transformation as they have been applied. That is why I've chosen to practice what I teach. Let it be known that before I send out anything into the public, I already conceived it long ago. 
but I've devoted the time to practice it to see how comfortable it is before I then dish it out to the public. This follows the principle of stages. Cannot jump any stage at any time. Reading some good poetry and some inspirational poems. But in due time, I will present them to you. Suppressing my pain, I kept on working it out, working it out, working it out. It wasn't easy at the time, nothing comes easy, but you can make everything easy for you, depending on how passionate that thing is to you. This justifies my point on making your pain passionate enough to propel you into success. If you enjoy your pain, you no longer become a pain. Workout is no longer painful. No matter the program I do, no longer painful to me because I've developed passion for workout. I love workout. I got used to the habit of making my pain so passionate. That I kind of don't feel pain no more. It's more like I'm now immune to pain. Whatever happens to me, I don't grieve. I'll just take okay, it happen yeah, as it should. No wild All is there to be learned from it. Things this and this. Okay. No shaking. Remove. That's life for you. You can't expect everything that's coming your way. But if you prepare yourself very well, whatever comes your way doesn't stop you. Whatever is being thrown at you, turn it and use it constructively. 
let it put you down. So the the idea of within man they see, which is the idea of providing real and usable knowledge to the public. self-improvement and peaceful coexistence amongst the universality of God's creation. Only recently have we adopted technology into the system of waiting and deceased. That is to say, it is at the point after my business crisis, my first business crisis, that the intuition of adopting technology to the system of waiting man came to me. Technology is at its apex right now, you know. This is the technology age. The artificial intelligence and all that stuff. And with the dawn of remote learning, it becomes Education becomes much more accessible. You know, the problem education had before was the inaccessibility of education. You know, when something is inaccessible to everyone, the value of that thing tends as in the monetary value of that intends to go very high and to that effect the focus is being taken away from actually providing concrete and usable education to making profit so all the educational institutions existing before They started out with the sole purpose of providing sound and usable education to seekers, but then their focus as a result of the inaccessibility, which created more monetary rewards for it through the law 
demand and supply, their focus gradually shifted to making profit. And too many of them lost their core essence due to providing sound and usable education to the public. In most communities, there are no graduates. Most times, you hear that in this entire community, there is just one graduate, just one lawyer, just one banker. You see? So, the greater part of the public, you are unable to access this education. Because of high fees, education became a prized commodity then, just a few could assess. And those few, when they did assess, would want to use those same things for their own profits, as in to make monetary profit at the expense of the greater public, which were unable to assess this education. You see where everything went wrong. People started manipulating education to make profits because not everybody is accessible to education. But with the dawn of technology, the barrier of access to education was broken. Technology provides the people with the idea of freedom. That is why technology has captured so many people. That is why technology is so vital today. That is why technology is so profitable today because it provides people with the concept of freedom, the idea that they are free. Everybody is fighting to be free. Everybody is fighting to break their chains. It may not be physical chains, but there are limitations all around us. So everybody is fighting to break all those. Everybody is fighting to break all those. So technology provides people with the idea of freedom. That is why people embrace technology. With technology, people are free to laugh the way they want to. They can just go to whatever comedy they like and all that. They can assess various comedies without leaving the comforts of the house. Unlike this, when people would have to go pay for a show and all that stuff. With the dawn of technology, most barriers in business has been broken. Unlike before, business and investments were for a secluded few and they were way, way profitable back in the day. 
But now those barriers have been taken off. So many people now are going in and out of business at will. You can just start anything, start doing any kind of business from any corner of your house and just with technology, boom. Just like that, you keep moving. So many people become aware of what you're doing. Start making sales and just start to keep on going, keep on going. You don't have to take the stress of going to register a business, renting a place, paying the local authorities tax and all that stuff just to get set up. No. And then your customers are limited to that location. But technology brings this open market, this open space for everyone to do everything. Also, technology brought <laughs> the, the rich space people in home. <laughs> it was accessible to just a few. Only a few really what the new society looks like. But with the advent of technology, Everybody now reach for social media <laughs> because we have seen what the rich society looks like through this technology. You can now create your own, even if it may not, even though it may not be authentic. You create your own and you show it to people. People might get food. Ah, this one don't blow too. <laughs> See her fine hair. See her Brazilian wig. <laughs> so needless to say he has it's good and bad but really nothing is good or bad it's just how you see it and how it affects you you know but that's not my point now so technology really vital to education in this present time in that it has broken that veil of inaccessibility of education of sound and usable education to the public now someone can stay in his village and be undergoing a course in Harvard Business School oh, Papa Harvard no buy plane tickets, no book hotel, no apply for visa, but you're having a course in Harvard Business School. Someone can stay on top of the river and be communicating with someone in a penthouse in one of the major cities of the world. Mm-hmm. That's the technology for you. You be in Nigeria speaking to someone in China, Malaysia, Canada, America, Mexico, or wherever. So that's technology. So technology is very vital in this age because of the concept of freedom it provides. 
Halloween, that's predominant. In various aspects, it is not for me to say. So, back in 2018, we had concrete principles. We had been able to lay down in writing, both through books, articles, poetry, and poems. But deciding to leave it out, practice all I written or all I teach. This is two years and several months after and I've undergone tremendous transformation in my life as a result of practicing those principles. So incorporating technology into our system, we're looking at providing the greater public accessibility to the sound and usable education we teach. So we didn't have to wait for approval from maybe the National Education Institute or this or we get a structure uh, where people can come and uh, get cost outlines, get uh, school curriculum approval, this approval from this board, approval from that board, approval from this. And after making all these monetary obligations, the only thing that will be left in our mind is to make profit, is to recoup all that we have spent in multiple folds. So thanks to technology, keeping our costs at a minimum, we have been able to maintain the authenticity of our message to the public. So at present, we are building a community of men and women of the most noblest ideals for life, relationships, and business. We envision a peaceful world and all we teach is geared towards attaining ultimate peace in the world in our various spheres of life. The space is big enough for all of us to succeed. And if we consider business as a contribution 
to the enhancement of civilization rather than as a competition to make profits. You find out that there will be constant progress which everyone will benefit from. And in the very end, peace will be attained. So in the coming year, we intend to institutionalize waiting man disease as an organization with the sole purpose of providing ideal and useful education to sincere seekers through remote and contact learning. Must be taken by you. We are just here to provide you with ID and reasonable education. We cannot force you to raise them. We cannot force you to refer them to anyone. It's all up to you. That is the ideal of responsibility. We are all responsible for ourselves. So expect to see more of waiting man disease. As we go forth, feel free to share ideas but then we strongly advise that observe and analyze our ideas and then create a life pattern of your own Thank you all for sharing this precious time with me. Till we meet again, I'm your humble host, Investor John. Cheers.